listeners, welcome back to the Author Accountability Podcast. I'm Donna, with me here is Rianne, and for the first time ever, we have two guests on the podcast, yes. Alice Avinia and Lindsay Hall. I'm so Hello. excited. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys all doing? How's your weekend been so far? Well, we've only had one night so far, and I went to bed early. <laughs> Those two are out, up for a 6am writing sprint, which I have yeah. to say, I slept through. <laughs> yeah yeah I did write almost 900 words this morning and hopefully I'll get some more down later nice that many (laughs) you know we've got all weekend but you were also doing other things like creating graphics I was I was doing marketing yeah yeah but I mean we all know Rianne is is like the definition of dedication when it comes to her daily writing so it's not surprising (laughs) well word count idol what can I say I just you know, now I have a child. I just get up have to be early. <laughs> <laughs> so, how has all three of your week been? Weeks, week, weeks. Either way, how so has your week been? Mine's been pretty boring. Just you know, standard work. Um, my manager was off Monday, Tuesday, and they were literally the most horrendous days of my life. Um, <laughs> because in typical, you know sod's law fashion because she wasn't there all of the problems arose and I had to deal with everything and I was like I don't know what I'm doing oh no, <laughs> but, that's no I managed it and then when she came back I palmed off some of the harder stuff back on her I was like please take this away I'm fed up with it now it's <laughs> taken hours of my life and I still don't know what to do and um, <laughs> apart from that yeah it's been good and obviously I'm ending my week on a high yeah and what about you Lindsay it's been a really exciting week actually um because I've got a new job um Ooh. and going to be starting in a couple of weeks I, I won't say too much about what it is but yeah I'm really excited it's a very delicious job yes, yes. Oh. <laughs> that sounds very intriguing yeah. <laughs> yeah and I've just been working on a secret project of a novel that's going to be coming out later this year and yeah it's been a good week oh, excellent I've also been working on a certain secret project this week it's got quite because I released a book last Friday, as in not yesterday, but last Friday. It's sort of just been wrapping up launch week and trying to write as many words as I can of this secret project because the first draft's in at the end of the month. So um, yeah, trying to write close to well three to five thousand words a day. So it's been a pretty hardcore week trying to get it get it done and trying to not block the release week of crown glass as well but we got there we got there. you decided to do both of those things together you well are... they yeah. just happened together i was going <laughs> to had say an orange banner all week yeah. i have had an orange banner all week yeah oh, oh, we really an author well, over here well done that is excellent and it's so lovely that you should happen to be on the podcast while this happens that's awesome um i must say three to five thousand words a day in theory I should be able to do that because I work from home and my little one goes to uh, school in the mornings, but I've just done my planning for next week. And I've said 5,000 is, is the count for like the whole week. Mm. <laughs> that would be my more normal that style. Not, yeah. not this mad rush style. <laughs> That's right. All the words. <laughs> oh, but yeah, you have 110% of our admiration with that. Cause wow. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah oh goodness I think the most I've ever written in the day is like maybe 1700 words like I don't think I've ever managed to peak to 2000 
do, do you know? Today might be your day, Rianne. Today might be your day. It could be. Give it a go. Keeping you. This is your goal. My my best best ever 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 writing day was years ago. <laughs> Rianne knows years ago when I was first drafting um, my current work in progress, and I'd gone away for the weekend with my husband and mother-in-law. Um, we had taken her, her away because she hadn't been away in a long time. And they decided to go down to the beach. I was like, you know what? It's too windy. I'm not about that. I'm going to stay back and write. And I wrote over 7,000 words in, wow. in a morning. Yeah. That, that's that is incredible. That, but that is like, I've never, ever come close to that again. Uh. <laughs> it, it's like, for me, it's like that amazing like amoebas and and dreamy aspiration to one day again write seven thousand yeah. words <laughs> in a day. Yeah. Uh, I've like, never written seven thousand a day. No, but imagine how quickly you write a book if you could. I know. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, days. I wish. <laughs> wow. Okay, moving on. <laughs> yes, moving on. So this more specifically applies to Rianne because it's because of continuity, but. What tasks did you complete over the last couple of weeks? I can't remember what tasks I set. Uh, I think I wrote them down, just being a second. I'm glad you did, because I didn't even bring my notebook this week. So <laughs> that, that just shows. I brought everything else with me. Um, about 20 other notebooks. <laughs> yeah. Did I? Yeah. Oh, no, I have episode six notes here, not episode seven, sorry. <laughs> well, let's assume that it would probably be to write, which I did. Yeah. I wrote, everyone's going to see the behind the scenes now of my really complicated, right. that's sarcasm You're by the way. You're so the opposite of my personality. <laughs> you so, have count spreadsheets. Yeah, and I've, obviously this is this goes back to like 2020 as well. So this Rihanna's is the spreadsheet middle. queen. Just, just what was it yesterday or day before? Um, message, I was like, I need help. Help me. <laughs> Funnily enough, there was one question that I couldn't answer, which is hilarious. Yeah. Um, so last week I wrote 3,036 words. Wow, nice. For Carradine Book 2. That's probably about all I've done, really. Although I did finish beta reading my friend's book, which I've been meaning to do for weeks, and then I just cut off because I got ill, then my husband got ill, then my daughter got ill, um, and then she had the weird, crazy eczema thing on her arm. Oh, yeah, how's mm. it doing, by the way? That's much better. Much oh, better. All good. healed. Oh, I'm all so healed. glad. Back to standard x-men now so it's just a oh, shame it, and it looks so scary it, she looked like she had had like like burns it, that's what it looked yeah. like when you showed me that picture oh, my word it was awful shame mm. i'm glad she's feeling better though but yeah so that's that's how my week went um i'm still contemplating what to do with my keridan series because obviously i've got five novellas i've written book one i'm in the middle of writing book two i'm coming up to the end and it's actually quite short of where i want to be Mm. Um, so I think I might just turn the whole thing into a series of novellas, mm. which means I'll elongate the series, but then I can just put it all together in a nice big chunky bind at the end. Yeah, that um, might be worth some. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not a bad idea. I mean, obviously, mm. it would mean re-editing and chopping up the books that I've already <laughs> written. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I haven't made yeah. any decisions yet. Hopefully, these two are going to help me on the weekend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And what about all of your stuff? Um, yes, yes. Hang on, let me just bring up my planner and I will tell you exactly what I did. Just minimize that. 
so I can see. Can I just point on. out that on Rianne's thing, she has muggle business. Oh, yeah. What is muggle yes. business? Not muggle business. So, you know, like work, life. appointments, life, just yeah. things that you, it's not mm-hmm. not the magic of creating a world. Yes. That's, that's the muggle business. Um, <laughs> I call my day job my muggle job. Mm. Yeah. So I phoned an accountant this week to um, yeah to make an appointment. I haven't made an official appointment yet because he his office is quite far away from where I live, and he often commutes. So he's going to let me know when he's going to be in town, and then I can have an appointment with him. And then I finished outlining um like a new kind of rewrite outline for Project Amethyst. Um, and then I have written, I've started writing Project Amethyst, the rewrite, which is at the moment um, at a total of just over, how many? Just over 5,000 words, I believe. Yes, 5099. Yeah. So that's about it. That's kind of all I've been working on the last couple of weeks. And you know what? It feels really good to sit and write again. I mean, the stuff that I'm, I'm doing, it's not all brand new words. But a lot of it is, and it's just oh, feels so good. It took a little while to kind of get into the groove of it, but I'm feeling good. It's really nice. Well, you should feel good because that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, in terms of muggle business, what did I have? I don't think I had very much, to be honest. No, I don't really remember no. either. It might have been a play date for Em, but that's probably about it. Uh, yeah, no, that's enough. Oh, no, on Monday... Okay, I don't want to scare away your friends, but on Monday, I drove down south to go and sort out some paperwork for my firearm license, which I had, um, my husband uh, is a sports shooter and a hunter, so, and for various self-defense reasons, I need to have a license as well for firearms in the house, so that's that, <laughs> and then <laughs> nothing else terribly exciting has gone on in my life except for just getting back to writing which I'm really enjoying yeah when you get into like the story that you have been wanting to write and you really fully immersed yeah and and the thing is that I feel like it's almost a reward for me because I have been kind of like self-control because I knew that I needed to do a little bit of like a, a, a sus to see like what needs to stay what needs to be added etc etc and I kind of had to refrain from just diving straight back in and making a complete mess of everything so I feel like it's I feel prepared and I feel like I have a good direction forward so I'm I'm enjoying it the question I was going to ask you has literally just gone out of my brain so (laughs) carry on no sorry I was going oh task for the next couple of weeks yes yes if you'd like to share, um, Alice and Lindsay as well, you're welcome to. <laughs> so mine's always the same, which is to write two and a half thousand words. Um, a, week. a week, yeah. God, like, I couldn't write that in, in a day. I mean, who knows? I might do so this. Maybe, maybe but... we'll do today. Maybe today's your day, Ria. Yeah, maybe. maybe this um, should be your goal. <laughs> Get 2,000 words in one day this weekend. And then I'm also... I want to create a plan for like my author life going forward on this writing retreat. So I want to do that. And um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep it simple because otherwise I put too much on my plate and then I get really stressed and then I do nothing. So I'm just going to stick to those two things. Mm. What about you? 
So I want to write, okay, wait, no, I can't look there. I haven't changed that yet. I want to write 5,000 words. I can scroll. 5,000, no, okay, so it's two weeks. So I want to write 10,000 words. I need to um, obviously attend that appointment with the uh, accountant. And then I need to also start thinking about opening a bank account, a business bank account. And I think that's all. Let me just open my notion a sec. Excuse me. While I just search for what I'm searching for. I love your glasses, by the way, Donna. Oh, thank you so much. They knew actually. Um, I ha had a special where I got these ones and then I got a um, pair of sunglasses with the same frame but a different color. Ah, nice. prescription ones. Yeah. Yeah, I need prescription sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Oh, and I'm continuing to declutter my house, which... It, and then this is the thing, it's the same mentality I have with doing dishes and ironing is that once I do it, it's really not that bad. But before I start doing it, I just can't seem to remember that it's actually not that bad. Mm. <laughs> and so it just feels like this giant mammoth task that I just really don't want to do. <laughs> so I've been trying. Like the yeah. <laughs> Yeah, other than that, I don't have anything else, really. I don't believe I have any other appointments or anything either, to be honest. So, yeah. Shall we move on to the fun stuff? Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is going to be very exciting because usually Rhiannon and I are like, yeah, we, we're watching what we did last time. But <laughs> we want to know, <laughs> what are you reading, watching, listening to? What are you consuming um in terms of creative stuff and yeah are you enjoying it, or you not enjoying it? <sighs> at the moment i'm trying not to it's so addictive i'm trying not to watch too much because i literally need to write because <laughs> i'm writing but i'm watching the sea drama love between a fairy and a devil and the first two episodes were so cheesy i almost died and couldn't continue <laughs> but after that oh my goodness it is so addictive I really struggle to turn it off. It's on Netflix. Um, it's really, it's enemies to lovers, really swoony romance with all the feels. And it's also one of the funniest TV series I've ever watched. I literally cannot stop laughing hysterically at some of the scenes. It's 36 episodes, it's quite long. Um, and normally I do not start watching a series. I've got a writing deadline, but... Yeah, I recommend it. If you can get through the first two episodes of Cheese, it will take over your life. First two episodes. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I must say, I don't often watch C dramas or K dramas or anything like that. But maybe, maybe I should, maybe I should give it. Oh, a they take. They're like they're taking over my life. Like they really are. Is but it, they're. Is it anime? No, no, it's it's live action. It's live action. Okay. Yeah, I think the interesting thing about both C dramas and K dramas is that they're structured like books. Mm. Um, so each episode is structured very much like a chapter and they hit the unlike unlike like American and British dramas they hit the plot points very precisely that you would do to write a book and they don't go off track very much they don't just elongate the series for the sake of it like mm. western mm. ones do and so actually they're really helpful for tightening writing okay. and I found k-dramas and c-dramas have helped my writing probably more than anything else wow um, that is very interesting like, 
yeah, because because their the episodes are quite short, and it's it's stuff like the way they do their characters. It's very helpful if you're writing clean romance in your books, because obviously it's it's very clean in those mm-hmm. cultures. Most of those the sort of fancy ones that I watch, but it's also the fact that you learn tricks like how to do chapter endings on a cliffhanger, so that you naturally read to the next chapter. How to um, build up? They're just very good at slow burn romance. How to um, create really interesting side characters that don't take over how to add humour that doesn't subtract from the plot. It's, it's so many good things in there. And the, it's the emotion. They just, it is a bit cheesy, but if you can take away some of the cheese, like the emotions they hit you with are really powerful. Wow. Um, so now, I, yeah, they really help my writing. I really recommend C-dramas and K-dramas for writing, especially if you write fantasy with romance. I feel oh, like we need a mic drop there with Alice. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's something that I never really... Um considered to be honest and and I have to admit I'm, I'm quite limited in my my consumption of of uh, media like I, I I just I generally just watch the obvious stuff you know and so it's it's nice and it's refreshing to hear you say that oh there's you know there's other stuff out there which obviously I knew but I don't, I don't often watch not hearing now that it could help with writing I think I definitely would must make space for for that I'm actually looking for something new to watch so we put off by the cheese the cheese is huge (laughs) especially the first two episodes of all of them are too cheesy but then it gets like past the cheese and then it's really good yeah Uh, I must I must look because I'm 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 biding my time until I can um watch the last season of Manifest which is coming out in June Mm. so I'm just kind of Mm. watching a lot of like fast stuff I just re-watched both seasons of Bridgerton in like the last two weeks oh, I love Bridgerton <laughs> yeah that's it's excellent I must say and then um yeah other than that I'm not really doing much if I'm honest because with with writing I feel like I don't I don't know why it happens this way but if I'm reading something while I'm drafting I kind of sometimes accidentally like copy the style of writing and I'm like and I feel like it muddies my own style so I'm kind of not really reading anything at the moment I'd just rather watch tv so Mm. yeah um that's that's what I've been reading and watching no podcasts or anything unfortunately (laughs) what about Mm -hmm. you Lindsay um uh the most recent thing that I've watched on Netflix was the shadow and bone latest season yeah how was it yeah, I, I really liked it. Um, the books I enjoyed, but not as much as the Six of Crows duology. And so I love the fact they've combined the two like series into one. Um, and they did, they took, they changed a few things from the books for the series, but I think that kind of makes it a bit more interesting. And, and mm-hmm. I am comfortable with them being two separate things. I know some people are obviously disappointed that it's not mm-hmm. a really faithful adaptation but I actually I think that it's it's uh, it's whole new thing it's just sort mm-hmm. of based on the same characters and the same story but yeah I'm really enjoying that and looking forward to the next one when they'll bring in King of Scars and then the other thing that I watched lately was Lockwood and Co which is a ghost story one so it's it's based on a book series um, and I've borrowed the first book from the library I've not started it yet but it's like um, I think it's it's either upper MJ or lower YA. It's it's slightly younger, um, mm. and it's the concept is that about fifty years earlier, 
ghosts suddenly became a thing that existed and were you know we were all aware of in the world and so all of these ghost investigation agencies popped up but only teenagers and and kids could see them and interact with them so adults sort of ran these detective businesses and forced kids and teens into really dangerous roles of having to go into these you know haunted properties and and battle ghosts and yeah it's interesting for the age range that it's like sort of aimed at um the 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 tv adaptation was really good i really really enjoyed it which is why i borrowed the books i'm hoping the book will be just as good if not better but yeah so it's actually focused on a small ghost detective agency that's run by a kid like a teenage boy it's a bit more sort of ethical and you know they're not being you know abused by these sort of adults that just throw them into these dangerous situations there yeah yeah and it's like it's got a really great sort of like friendship vibe and yeah I really enjoyed that on Netflix so I'd recommend watching that Mm -hmm. that does sound very interesting um I don't often watch paranormal type stuff but when when I get into it I really kind of like I, I'm like that with a lot of TV shows if I'm honest like I, I I'm a huge binger so that sounds definitely like something that I could dedicate some time to yeah whereas yeah. I've just been watching all of the trash TV <laughs> <laughs> love is blind season four I'm married at first sight Australia god the people that go on these things like how do they how do they cope with life I just don't understand <laughs> Um, you know what then, sometimes you need to watch that stuff so you just feel good about yourself oh, oh, 100% it makes me feel great about my life um and then reading wise I've just been I've just finished Twin Crowns which was mm-hmm. incredible once I actually managed to get into it so um I was telling Alice on the way here that the first time I tried it I just couldn't get into it the second time I tried it I read about five chapters and was like this is really boring um and then some of like the readers that I know were like oh let's do a buddy read and then we can talk about it as we go through and I was like okay fine um and then I got to the bits that I really liked and I was like actually this book is incredible um so yeah that's fun and now I'm reading from blood and ash but I'm really struggling I'm Mm. really struggling to get through it and I don't think it's my a book for me um but I will try and continue and then if not I'll go back to my kindle and find something else to read I must say, I, I don't like to DNF books because, like, because Life's raping... too short raping, to read things that you don't like. See, but that's the thing is that there's there's been certain books where it's not that I don't like them. It's just that I feel like nothing's actually happening. So that mm. makes sense. And I'm like, I want to know what happens, but I don't, do I really want to know what happens that much? Not really. Mm yeah so I, I struggle with those weird kind of lukewarm books where it's, it's not like so awful that you ch- chuck it across the room and you never want to see it again but it's not like yeah. amazing that you like devour it in like a weekend so those are the ones that I struggle with but yeah all right so our topic today is very well-timed actually if if I do say so myself not that I scheduled this one I think Rianne scheduled this one which is probably why it's so (laughs) well-timed so we are talking about anthologies now I have never been in an an anthology or say that five times fast but you three have and in actual fact twice upon a name has literally just come out so perfect two days ago yeah so should we dive straight in? I will pose a few questions and then you can 
share your wisdom go for it yes. what do you want to know I want to know what how do you get involved in anthology in the first place Alice. <laughs> um so I've been in seven anthologies boom yeah um so a fair ones I've got involved in them in probably three different ways one of them Enchanted Waters I organized which was I've got a short story. I'm just going to ask some authors that I know who I like. Sorry, I didn't know you then, Rianne. Um, okay. I didn't know you either. <laughs> I invited, did I, didn't I invite you? Or yes. someone else invited I invited you. I knew you. Um, um, right, let's start so, with domestic. Then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's, and that one, that actually works quite well in the fact that you can ask people that you know you'll work together with and therefore um, reduce drama and you can also choose people you know will work hard. So that's Enchanted Waters. That's one way of doing it. And actually, we're just about to release our third book in the series. We've done now Enchanted Waters, Enchanted Forests, and then Enchanted Flames. It's coming out in June. Um, and a different one of us has led. So after Enchanted Waters, I was so exhausted from leading that because it was so much work that um, we decided that a different person would be in charge of each of those. And then the Once Upon a Name, Twice Upon a Name was, a, we got into that one basically by if you know it's sort of like word of mouth who you know not publicly advertised but advertised by who you know so if you know some of the authors involved they'll be like oh do you want to join in so word of mouth so that's just being friendly with other authors talking to them and if they know you write in a similar genre you can get contacted so contact by people you know and then the other two anthologies I've done one was for a Facebook group that I was part of and then you can join Facebook groups where people can just publicize the the um, anthologies they're in so mythical creatures was just I just I'm in quite a few anthology Facebook groups. I was doing quite a lot as a new author, just trying to get to know new authors, trying to get my name out of it. Left a lot of those Facebook groups now because I think Enchanted Flames is going to be my very last anthology. Yeah, so, and I'm just trying to remember, there's things like, oh, I can't remember. If you type in anthologies into the search, into, into Google, like book anthologies, you'll, you'll find, oh, anthologies for authors or something, you'll find loads that you can join. And then, you know, people post two or three a week, different anthologies you can join in all sorts of different genres mm. yeah a follow follow-up question and you don't have to answer if you don't mind why would uh, enchanted flames be your last anthology what were what are your reasons Ooh. for um because she's got too many books to write i think after having done seven anthologies i've loved them um some of them have been more fun than others i've actually done eight sorry i just thought of another one i've done eight anthologies and some of them have been more worthwhile of my time than others. I think one of the things is they are they are quite time consuming and mm. almost all those anthologies have been for charity. So they've not been for any personal money and they, so they cost quite a lot of money and time um, mm. and spent advertising. And even though I'm fully behind that, I love doing charity anthologies. I'm getting to the, the stage now where um, I just need to be much more careful with my time. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I've done... I've done enough to, you know, and I'm keeping all the Enchanted Anthologies ones and the What's Upon a Name ones are keep going on forever. So they'll keep on earning money for charity forever and keep on promoting them. And I feel like I've, you know, I've done that. I'm really happy that money's been to charity, but I, I want to spend my time more now pushing my, my career to the next stage. Mm. Um, and partly because I've left my my day job now, my muggle job, as Rianne would say. Mm, muggle job. <laughs> um, I need to get my, I need to invest more in my books time-wise. Mm. Um, so I've loved them, but I think it's, I've, I mean, you've me. done eight, I've got, so yeah. it's not like you I've did one. Yeah. Like, no exactly. I've got, I've got, you know, I've made loads of friends through them. Helped get my name out. 
Um, but I, and I now feel like I'm at the stage now in my author career where I need to actually concentrate on my own books because mm. they're starting to do a bit better and I need to just write all these books that are building up in my head screaming to come out. <laughs> ah, that, that's perfectly good reasoning. I, I mean, it's amazing. Off the back of what you said there about, you know, knowing which ones are worth your time and which ones aren't, for all three of you, I'd like to ask, is there any way to know which ones are going to be worth your time and which ones aren't? I mean, for me, I would say not until you've done them. But obviously, once you've written the story and it's in an anthology and, you know, the terms are over. So, for example, with Once Upon a Name, it was exclusive to KU for three months. We, we put it in KU for three months. And then after three months, you could have it on your newsletter. It's like a free story when you signed up or you could put it in something else. So you could do whatever you wanted with it then. Um, so it's always not, you know, I always wouldn't do an anthology if I couldn't have my story back after mm. a certain amount of time the one I was in which I kind of initiated but then did none of the hard work for which was <laughs> great there was no stipulations with that it was like it will go in this anthology and all the proceeds will go to charity but you can also do whatever the hell you want with your book too and um, mm. well with your story so that that was great and then yeah I I would say you don't know whether it's worth it or not until you've actually written the story and gone through the process and it's going to be different for everyone I mean I don't know how you feel about the anthologies you've done Linz. I've loved the ones that I've done and I think that it's having a really good team that collaborates mm. and yeah that everyone that's sort that's of different. yeah everyone that brings like a different skill to the table and you can all learn from each other and and so as much as you sort of building your backlist of books and you know one of my favorite things about anthologies is how quickly you can kind of make your Amazon author page look quite full mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. pretty with lovely new covers and you haven't had to write you know 100,000 words you've only written sort of 10 or 20 or whatever I think it's the people yeah it's it's the chance to sort of network and get to know other authors and then other opportunities might come from that or you know it's just building your readership with other authors in your genre so I think yeah I think if you can see and talk to the organizers find out who else might be involved yeah and the, any kind of sort of conditions like how long it's going to be exclusive to the anthology then you can kind of get a good idea of how beneficial it might be you'll yeah you'll you might never know until it's actually published um mm. yeah, makes sense get a bit of an impression. yeah mm. I'd say and a lot of it is the really simple stuff that's easy to forget like if this book is not exactly in your genre like there's no point in joining it because you're you're attracting readers of the wrong genre and yeah if, and also then you're networking with with authors who are not going to be so good for newsletter swaps and things and if the authors are all tiny authors who don't have any will to advertise or to get much involved and are just going to rely on the organizer it's going to be a flop so mm -hmm. I think it is making sure you've got a good hard-working group in your genre that is that is the key mm -hmm. Okay, and for our listeners, in simple terms, what is kind of the process of either organizing or participating in an, in an anthology like? How long does it take roughly? And is it like there's a kind of like a standard set of requirements or is it just something that's agreed upon within the group? I mean, it's different for each one. So with the um, What's in a Name series, I mean, our only stipulation was to use a name from the name generator, yeah, wasn't it? And the word count. Yeah, and, and the word and count. And the genre. And the genre. Ooh. So there was three stipulations. <laughs> but apart from that, you can have free reign. 
Um, and then obviously a time limit was set for doing drafts, revisions, putting it into the beta folder so that, you know, the other members of the team could read your story and give you feedback and stuff like that. With the Realms Beyond anthology that I was in, we didn't do any of that. We just did write the story, get it edited, and then the organizer would read through it and make sure that it was okay. And then what did you guys do with the Enchanted ones? Yeah, it was sort of, yeah, so we had our, our word count, our genre. We all write them, they go in the beta folder, we all read them and edit them, and then they go out to editors. Yeah, and then they all get packaged. Yeah, I feel like there's two ways um, of applying or getting involved and it's one way was what we've done with these the enchanted anthologies and the what's in the name anthologies whereby you you want to be involved you discuss like what the expectations are of the organizers you write your story and then everyone can give feedback and you make changes as necessary and then there's the other type where you are submitting a story and then the Mm. organizers can decide whether they will or will not include you yeah okay and sometimes there's a financial cost you know you can buy in oh but yeah they, but they get the final say on whether your story fits their collection or not and you might end up just having a story that you've written and not edited and they you know reject your story yeah the buy-in anthologies are much higher risk than the no buy-in charity anthologies the yeah. buy-in for profit anthologies it's yeah because mm. it depends you're depending on other people's work to put your get your money back and that's tough that's hard Mm. I was just going to say they um the ones with buy-in tend to be because they were aiming for the bestseller lists mm. well and yeah, now some the of USA are... Today yeah. list is is no more yeah um, <laughs> I've done three buy-in anthologies one was list aiming but the other two were just normal quite low buy-in ones but both those ones we did make a profit but it was tiny mm. t- you know like when one of them I made about ten dollars each and the other one I made like two dollars like so really not if you're doing it for money it wasn't worth it Mm. yeah coming off um buy-in in terms of like financial obligation for like cover um do each of you pay for your own editors or is there just one editor that does all of it how does that normally work depends on the set yeah so we're very lucky with the once upon a name twice upon a name that we have susan involved we're doing it through her publishing company. So she edits all of them. She's also a professional editor. Um, okay. So she just does that all for free as part of a part of the charity aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And Joe Holloway, one of the authors, designed all the covers for free. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're really lucky with Once and Twice Upon a Name. With Enchanted Waters, I bought the cover and we subtracted it from the charity cost, um, which we didn't want to do with the future one. So then actually we, we approached designers and they donated the covers for free because all the money's going to charity. And the and the people who did the the audio books as well donated the audio books because they're going to charity. So we've been really blessed with the with the Enchanted Anthologies company uh, company mm. covers. Um, yes, yeah, so, yeah, so Enchanted Forest cover was donated, Enchanted Flames cover donated, and Enchanted. Am I allowed to say the name of the next one? And the fourth book. And the fourth book is also being donated um, by a cover company. So um, it's. Um, Yes, it's very different. It's it's different different ones. Whereas some of the the ones with the buy-in costs that I've done, it was a lot to go with the covers. And then often you're expected to pay your individual editors yeah. edit. And that's what we did with Enchanted Wars Enchanted Forest Things, is you're expected to have your individual editors to edit your books up. But we also are editing each other's work. We often need a professional, I think, to do the final line mm. edit at the end. Yeah. Just to tidy up all the random commas that are in the wrong places. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
That's excellent. Is there anything else that um, you think would be helpful for our listeners, like things like that you only realize after the fact that maybe you should have done or not done or any kind of tips that you have in terms of being involved in, in, in anthologies? Um, I would say try to put in as much as you can because it's the experience more than sort of what you get out of it like results wise with the book and especially if it's for charity then you're not obviously making any royalties but if you can invest as much time and energy into sort of like making those relationships with the other authors growing your skills like learning from the others in the group um I think that you'll get the most out of it that you can I would say like if you're at the beginning of your author career like they're really great to get into because it it can teach you so much about like your writing and your style and trying to fit a story in a set word count Mm. is as all three of us know very difficult (laughs) (laughs) when you don't just have free reign to write whatever you want depend like no worries about how long or short it's going to be like my story for twice upon a name is over the word count because I was like there is no way that I can trim this down and even all of the people who read it were like yeah like I don't understand like where you could cut from this story so it was like a thousand words over but it still taught me to write a story in 6,000 words instead of 60,000 words Mm -hmm. which I think is a great skill for me to have as a writer now. I would say that yeah that's a lot of the the marketing that I do for my books is Mm. through personal relations with other authors that I have met in anthologies Mm -hmm. where we work together as a team Mm. um I get new yeah some new, especially the actually the list aiming set that I did which is a little bit different but it's really helped helped me just being able to be like can I put my new release in your newsletter and then be like yeah sure <laughs> that's great. great yeah so yeah it's great for making connections and network for me I didn't really learn anything new marketing wise when I did the once upon a name series but I did learn things about the technologies that we were using that I had no idea we could do mm. so that was quite interesting formatting. yeah like formatting using book funnel stuff like that like there's always something to learn so mm. even if it's not something specifically to do with your writing you're still going to learn something yeah mm. when I joined Enchanted Waters I was a brand new baby I don't think I'd even published my first novel when I was invited to join yet it was coming out within a couple of months but I hadn't yeah hadn't published yet and so the I learned absolutely everything about marketing <laughs> books, basically from my experience mm. about you know promo sites and newsletters, about story origin, newsletter swaps, Facebook takeover parties. Oh yeah, those those I learned about. Yeah. I didn't know anything about those before I joined yeah. anthologies. Because I've I've worked in marketing for a decade, and <laughs> it wasn't anything like what I you know knew from my nine to five job. Um, there's a completely different set of skills for promoting books. So yeah, it was it was a great experience. I learned a lot. Thanks, Alice. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's excellent. So I think definitely if if you're starting out or you're wanting to make connections with other authors and writers, anthologies are definitely the way to go. But to just be careful that you have at least some familiarity with the people involved before you yeah. sign up so you know kind of what you're getting into. And um, another thing that I want to bring up that I'm not sure if it is a thing, but I feel like I need to, is there anything that we need to watch out for in terms of anthologies? Because, you know, there's, there's all this like thing around, be careful, vanity presses and all of that. And is there 
any circumstance where or maybe a threshold of of price for like buy-in anthologies and that kind of thing that you would say raises red flags just for people who are only just getting into this and kind of just exploring the writing world and that kind of thing is there any things that you need to watch out for in terms of like you literally could get scammed (laughs) I mean I would say so all the ones that I've seen buy-ins for are by people that I've met in the like indie author world world, um, Mm. or they've been recommended by somebody in the indie author world so Mm. if you can't research them and find out more about them then I would say that is a massive red flag Mm. and most of the people if you're organizing I mean if you're not doing it through a group of friends if you're if you're finding a one through a Facebook group most of the people who launch these anthologies they have you know they do it as basically part of their job they launch like two or three or four a year so you can easily be like okay look back at their previous anthologies you can see how well they did you can see who was involved you can see whether people returned again and again and again and because it's all Facebook you can just pop on messenger and be like oh you know um, I saw that you were in this person's anthology how did it go Mm. or you can message them directly um, you know, people like Cara North does loads, kind of just one of her pen names, and you could, you know, she's very open to just being talked to. Mm. Um, so it's if if it's all cloak and daggers, I'd stay a million way, miles yeah. away from it. But it should be incredibly transparent, and you should mm. have really quite accurate expectations of what's going to happen. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Thank you so much for your input. I'm, I've learned so much today myself as well. <laughs> Even though I've been friends with Rianne for years, it's it's interesting to get um, other perspectives as well. So thank you both so much for being with us. And I think that's a good place to kind of draw to a close. So yep. Lindsay, Alice, Rianne, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you listeners for being with us today. And I hope that you have a lovely afternoon, evening, morning, wherever you are in the world. And we will see you back here next time. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.